I do not mean to be mean. I do mean to be mad. You obey your pastor. If you ain't got the King James, you ain't got, hey, if you don't have a King James, you don't have a Bible. I still believe if you're cold today in hell before I get my challenge from a woman, I'm a preacher. The young preachers that do love God get pulled off in the Calvinism. And I'll fight it, I'll fight it. I'll fight you in the parking lot over it. I'll get personal with you. When you got dressed today, you dressed deity. This is the For Freedom Podcast. A podcast that is part of the RFP Network that seeks to bring freedom in Christ from the spiritual abuse of legalism in the independent fundamental Baptist movement. Now here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Sacred. And so fundamentalism is designed to unpack the idea of authority from scripture the problem with that is that that's not the defining principle in scripture it is a part of scripture but the defining principle in scripture is love and now i'm not saying that all men who sit under the, uh, that teaching will become abusive but what i'm saying is the ones who are abusive will be drawn to that sort of teaching I don't want to give people just a list of things they can start doing differently until they have a heart out of which they're going to be doing those things differently. Bitterness is different from hurt. I would say that hurt or even abuse does not have to result in bitterness. If anybody should have been lockstep with him, it's those disciples. If anybody, and, and, and please don't tell me after the service, oh, Dr. Hamlin, if I lived in that day, I'd be right there. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You'd be down at the tattoo parlor getting a tattoo. That's where you'd be. Come on. Come on. Well, that's good. Right there. Mr. C, I was preaching the other night at a great conference, and I said, if I ever backslide and get a tattoo. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. amen. Right Good place for you to say amen. Yeah. Yeah. I said, if I ever backslide and get a tattoo. Yeah. You know, for a Christian to get a tattoo, it's like uh, somebody uh, taking a Sharpie marker and giving the Mona Lisa a mustache. Yeah. Amen. Rich, come on. Amen. I said the other night, preaching at a great conference, I said, if I ever backslide and get a tattoo, because that's the only way a Christian could get a tattoo is if they backslide. I said, I'm going to get one on my bicep, a heart, and it's going to say, Mom, on it. <laughs> if I ever backslide. Come on. Went out to eat with the preacher, <laughs> his family. 
got back to the motel. Mrs. Hamlin was with me. I closed the door. I turned around, and she was standing there with her fist on her hip. And every married man under the tent knows the power of that move. And she looked at me and she said, if you ever backslide and get a tattoo, it better not say, Mom, it better say, carry on it. To which I replied, yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> James, we are back for Freedom Podcast is back after almost a month and a half hiatus, and uh, and, and as you heard, you know we got that that new intro. You just heard a clip coming in. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. But James, man, how have you been? Man, I've been doing good. It's good to be back. I told you, John, when we recorded that episode for the RFP guys. Uh, man, it was just so refreshing to get back talking again and being able to react and back and forth and bounce ideas off each other. Uh, it was just a great to do that. And so I'm looking forward to being back, um, looking forward to what we've got going on. Uh, you heard our new intro. You've seen our new logo. And hopefully we've got some people that have went and bought some merch from our merch store. We are merching it up. Um, the 26 Letter Podcast inspired us. And uh, I asked where they use theirs from. And so uh, we've got three different designs out right now. We've got the new logo. We've got the old logo. And then we went ahead and designed a, um, a slogan shirt to God, not the pastor, be the glory. And so we hope you'll pick those up. The story is a little confusing if you go to it. All those logos can be put on different things. Stickers, mugs, shirts, hoodies, baby clothes. So you just pick it and you do it. And uh, it'll be great. And so I've got a mug coming, and I've got a shirt coming. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I got uh, I got two shirts coming, and uh, excited about that. So yeah, we're we're excited. James has done some good work. He's worked on the logo, and he's worked on the store, getting that up. And I worked on the new intro. Man, James, I just I just hope we can have content that is as epic as the intro. Yeah. I think I might have gone too far with it, but I was having fun. But uh, we hope you guys like it. And uh, it has been a month and a half. We actually had intended to do a couple of more episodes, but just scheduling and thing worked out. We were, we were just like, let's just take a break. Let's just be done. And then the RFP guys were like, hey, can you guys cover us, cover for us while we're breaking? I was like, sure. And so we loved doing that and enjoy that. And, th- and let me say this, welcome new listeners, because I know we got uh, some new listeners from doing that episode. So I want to say welcome, guys, to uh, over to the For Freedom podcast. Yeah. And uh before we jump into our topic, I do want to say, James, what have you been doing with your time off? How's it been? Well, John, I don't have really have any time out. Um, <laughs> I've been right. off from the show, but uh, we've been full steam ahead with summer camp for our youth, vacation Bible school for our kids. We did a uh, an event called Alexander Impact for our county, and we partnered with 13 other churches, and we just impacted our community. We went and did backyard VBSs. We went and did um, just some uh, community service projects. We cut some wood, delivered wood to some shut-ins. And not only people that go to our church, but just people in the community. And then we leave this week for kids camp, which is where I'm at right now. Uh, as of the time of this recording, uh, we'll be at kids camp. And so it's been busy. We've took a family vacation. Uh, we went to Texas and we went to Arkansas. And then uh, I think we may be taking a small beach trip in a couple of days and so we're just trying to figure that out. So yeah, it's been been crazy busy, and but it's been a great time, great time of relaxation for the family when we were away, 
and uh, just just doing ministry, doing life, man. It's been great. Yeah, I hear you. About you, it's been the same way. It's like okay, we've had some time off from this, but it's been full steam ahead in other areas. We uh, we at the beginning of uh, July, we did, or at the end of June, beginning of July, we did our our family vacation, went down to. Uh, the Lakeland area around Orlando, in between Tampa and Orlando, and had some fun. Went to the beach one day, and I got lobstered. I mean, burnt to a crisp. Let's go. And, uh, yeah, not fun. And then we went and did a uh, – the kids did not want to go to Disney World or uh, Universal or any of those things. They wanted to go to Gatorland. So we went and saw some gators. Really cool place. I mean, we got to see some animals. And they sat on an alligator, and I said – Heck to the now. <laughs> I'm not sitting on no alligator. And so yes, my wife yes. stepped in and uh, held the family banner and went in there and sat with little, my three-year-old son on the on the alligator. And then, uh, But I did try some gator. I was like, I ordered some gator meat and uh, had a good time to that. So we had a fun time. Not really restful vacation, but a lot of fun. And then we've been uh, going at it with the church. I've been preaching through the book of Judges at our church. And then uh, just uh, took a break in that, started a new series on what does the Bible say about, and, and we're going to be talking about different issues like anxiety and and um, and uh, uh, self-image and contentment. And then um, we've been doing this Bible Bee thing, this National Bible Bee, and we've been uh, doing that at our church in, in Tuesday nights, and just been counseling full-time ahead. I've been picking up some, uh, some other cases, and so uh, just growing in that. So yeah, it's been... It's been wild. It's been it's been crazy, and uh, one of the cool things, and this is gonna, I guess, we'll introduce sort of our subject as you heard the clip, the opening clip coming in. Well, before we start our topic, John, yeah. tell our guest three weeks from today where are we gonna be at? Oh, we are gonna be in Bourbon, Missouri. Let's go, Bourbon, Missouri, for the RFP meetup. Got to be there. Meetup. We've got to be there. We're going to be there. Me and John, I'm flying in. John is driving in. And, if I can uh, find my truck keys. Yeah, well, hopefully, son. We got Man, I lost this. my truck keys. Oh, my goodness. So we're going to be, we're going to be there. We're going to, I think from what I've heard from the RFP guys, we're going to be actually hosting a session or a breakout session or a talk of some sort. And well, so, we're going to be recording a live episode. Is okay, what we're going to be recording doing. a live episode. We've already got the episode picked out, and uh, we're going to – uh, it's going to be great. We may have some audience uh, impact or uh, some audience uh, involvement there. It's going to be a great time. And so I know the worship would be great. It was great at the last one that we got to listen to and uh, the one in Georgia. And so hopefully you've marked your calendars to be there. You have went to the rfpnetwork.org and you've went to and signed up at the meetup tab because uh, it's going to be great. Hopefully you can join us there we'd love to see your faces and so we'd love to meet you guys we've actually john we've actually had a couple people reach out to us and they want to do a sort of a 10 minute testimony of their life of coming out of legalism and so we're going to try to hook up with a couple of those and we'll do that as well on an episode in the near future and so if that's you if you've got a story you want to tell let us know we want you to be a part of it and uh, we'd love to meet you there get to know you and have you on the show uh, that's a great idea. James has a, a way of being able to re- record those, and we can insert those. So we're excited about doing that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And we're going to be there. The Nathan, Brian, and JC are going to be there. Lois and Emily of the RFWP are going to be there. 
and uh, who knows, maybe some others. But mm. uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. So we hope to see you there on August the 26th, 27th, and 28th in Bourbon, Missouri for the RFP Meetup. You know, uh, one of the last things I did before we came back was we have a guy who's been coming to our church, and I had the opportunity of doing something that I never would have dreamed I would have been doing in my years in the IFB, and that was he is uh, he was saved five years ago, came to Christ five years ago, uh, almost six years ago, and he he had been in you know rough rough life, but the man has got a talent for art. And uh, he's been working and providing for his family in a tattoo shop. And he, when he first started coming to our church, he said, I have just a desire to um, open up a Christian tattoo shop where I can, you know, uh, give tat, you know, uh, people can do tattoos, give tattoos, and then also use it to uh, tell my story and give the gospel and, and use it to honor Christ. And I said, yeah, man, that sounds great. And then, you know, here we are. Uh, last weekend, and we're able to go over there, and he's opening it up and asked us to come and, and pray for God's blessing over that and that God would use the business to... This is a cruel part of it, James. He, he We were sitting there talking around, and he's got his little room there. He's got his, his, his bed that uh, people would lay on, his chair, and uh, one of the people that were there looked up in the door. There was a door frame that leads into a storage room, and there's a little razor blade a little razor blade that was tucked in the corner. He's like, why you got a razor blade tucked in the corner? He said, well, that's a that's for a reason. I did that on purpose. He said, because when you're, li- you're sitting over there on the chair and you're sitting over there and I'm tattooing you, your line of eyesight is sitting right there at that door. And he said, when you look at the door, somebody's going to notice that razor blade. And they're going to ask me what that razor blade's for. And I'm going to say, well, that was the razor blade. That was the last razor blade I used to do some, uh, to, to fix up a line of uh, cocaine and drugs before God saved me. Let me tell you about what happened and how my life changed. And, you know, just a, a lead into being able to share the gospel. And I'm like, man, That's awesome. that is that is awesome. His name's Josh Small. And uh, open up Underdog Art there in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And so if, you, if you're around the area, you go hit him up. But it, he's, he's got another cool thing that he's doing called Erase the Hate. And so uh, he's offering this, and you can look up more information uh, on him on social media. But uh, it, it, if you have like a gang tattoo or or like an uh, inappropriate racial tattoo or something like that, uh, and you've, you've changed or you're deciding to make a change in your life, and he will. Uh, he has some stipulations to do, and you have to fill out some, some, uh, p- paperwork. But he will cover it up for free. He will help you get that covered for you know, and and take care of that, and it calls it erase the hate. And uh, I thought that was just really cool. So he's praying that that opens up doors to be able to share the gospel with people and just reach some of those in society that probably are not going to come through the doors of a church right away. And uh, so we're excited about that. That led us into sort of me and James having some, uh, me having some thoughts and throwing this topic out to James. And we had a little bit of an interesting conversation before we jumped on here. So we're excited. Uh, And so on the Four Freedom Podcast today, we're going to cover the idea and the topic of legalism with tattoos. Legalism with tattoos. So this is going to be interesting. Let's see where we go here. Um, First of all, James, have you heard, ever heard it talked about or or presented or maybe even preached that tattoos are wrong for a Christian. Yes. Uh, in about uh, at least once a year while we were in college, uh, at least. I mean, I'm just spitballing here. Maybe more than this, you know, the, the thought of tattoos, the thought of uh, marking your body is devilish. It is something that 
is for Satan and his demons. And if you mark your body, you're part of Satan and his demons. And, uh, you know, Satan has a beast that's got 666 tattooed on his forehead. So if you get a tattoo, you're just like the beast and the Antichrist with this number on his forehead. And so uh, this, this thought of tattoos and legalism inside of this has definitely been a prevailing topic. Um, you heard, we've already played the clip of Mr. Hamlin, the premier evangelist of America, and uh, he gave us his thought of a tattoo and how his wife responded to that. And so um, that that is what we have heard in our life. And yeah, I mean that was a good example. He he, he his his basic didn't really go into why, but he was basically throwing out there as almost a, a understood that a sign of backsliding is that you're going to get a tattoo. Yeah. Um, James, let's here's here's another clip of somebody sort of sort of doing that. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28. Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the what, church? The dead. Now watch me. The Bible's pretty explicit in the Old Testament. It says, look, you don't need to mutilate your body for the dead. Do you know how many young people today are cutting their flesh? And they're cutting their flesh because... They want to consider dying, or maybe they're trying to get somebody's attention, or they're just cutting for, for whatever reason. The Bible forbids the cutting of the flesh for the dead. Let's go a little bit further in verse number 28 again. It says, Ye shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. That's pretty self-explicit. Am I right on that? That's a pretty good ex explanation of what we would call tattoos. So God is forbidding the placing of marks on our body in the Old Testament. And uh, people say, well, preacher, that was because they were worshiping the dead. That's true. But God's not saying you have permission to cut your flesh for the living. Right. Right. Yeah. God's not saying you have permission to print marks on your body for the living. God is explicitly saying you can't cut you can't alter, you can't print on your body. Can I tell you why? Because your body belongs to God. And so that's really sort of the, that what that, that clip sort of laid out was was really the, the argument. And, and the, the passage that is, is uh, the quick go-to is Leviticus 19. So why don't, we, why don't we jump in and sort of look at that and see, is that, you know, are we going to come to that conclusion that that's, that's what it actually means and that's what it's saying? So, James, you got any comments while I'm pulling it up? Well, as we get through it, I'll just read um, a little bit here. I'll read the verse and we'll just go through it. It says, You shall not make any cuts on your body for the dead or tattoo yourselves. I am the Lord. And so the ultimate first when you think of this is, okay, if I cut myself or if I put a tattoo on myself, I am apostating myself from the Lord. I am taking myself away from the Lord because I am doing this for myself. And so we're going to mark through this and we're going to jump through this a little bit. Um, there is one, there is a New Testament passage that we're going to get to as well. And that's first Corinthians six nineteen through 20, which many people have heard and know, you know, your body's temple, Holy ghost. We'll go to that in a little bit, but let's, let's, let's find out if, let me say this, let's find out if the using proper, Bible interpretation methods, if this is what this is teaching us, if Leviticus 19.28 is actually teaching us that God's people should not have tattoos. 
Um, I think the first thing that you do, and this is what I tell everybody when you're looking at Scripture to determine the meaning, is context, context, context. So Mm -hmm. what is the context of this verse here? Well, there's a cultural context and there's a positional context. Positional context meaning there's a there's a context of it in the chapter, in Leviticus, in what's going on. So what's the context of it in the chapter? Well, if you look at chapter 19, and we're going to take 19 verse 28 to say that that's what God tells us. Well, there's some other things that Leviticus 19 tells us. It says that you shall keep my statutes. You shall not let your cattle, this is verse 19, Breed with a different kind. You shall sow your field with two kinds of seed, or you shall wear a garment that does uh, cloth made of two kinds of material. What? Nor shall you wear a garment of cloth made of two kinds of material. Amen. <laughs> Amen, John. So, Amen. Uh, I guess my first question pure is... Pure cotton, pure polyester. I know. Uh, polyester, the, I think it's a blend. I was telling somebody uh, today, I said... I wonder if how many of those guys that will preach that from the pulpit and say you're not supposed to do that based on Leviticus 19:28 have already mm. double checked the suit they're wearing and making sure that it's not two kinds of material. That's right. Um, we got we might have some issues there. So you're you're railing on somebody violate if that's what it says, then you shouldn't be doing that. You need to be checking your clothing. Another one, moving on down, uh, verse 26: You should not eat any flesh with the blood in it. You should not interpret omens or tell fortunes. You should not round off the hair on your temples or mar the edges of your beard. James, I'm looking at you right now through this FaceTime video, and I have to say, I think if that's what that means, you're in sin, brother. Yeah. John, you've already cut off all the hairs of your face, so I think you're in sin, too. Oh, crap. We're both in sin. Because you're pretty uh, slick-faced over there. So. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, See, that's why we really should be like J.C. Groves, because he's got that great beard, and he doesn't mar the edges of he's it. He's got that orthodox got that, Jew beard. And he's got that beard oil from the... that the, the, Free the, Life Soap. Free Life Soap. And so, which this episode has not been sponsored by Free Life Soap. <laughs> uh, but he gets that, and it makes his beard look really cool. Yeah. So. Well, I think one of the ways to understand what this verse is teaching is if you've ever seen uh, Hasidic. Ow, I just bit my tongue. Try saying Hasidic and don't bite your tongue. Hasidic. Did you bite your tongue? No, I know how to talk, John. (laughs) Coming from the guy who lives in North Carolina who's a country redneck. Shots fired. Right there. Mm, okay. Come on. So if you've you ever said it would seen, be a divisive episode. Yeah. <laughs> Hasidic. <laughs> oh, it's getting spicy. Uh, Hasidic Jews where they have the, the hats and the clothing and they have the ringlets that sort of come down. That's what they get that from right there in that mm-hmm. passage. Well, I don't see us holding our hair. What I'm saying is if you're looking at that verse in context, either you're going to uphold to that and all the rest of the text in there. But let's go a little bit deeper. What about the cultural context? James, do you have anything to add about the cultural context of that verse? Well, it was written primarily because of the, uh, this was most likely because of the Egyptians that were around them were doing these things. Uh, they were making, uh, cutting themselves. You saw when you look at the life of Elijah, when he called down fire from heaven, the other prophets were cutting and yelling and screaming and doing these things to their body so that Bell would see them. And so that's a prime example of why they would be cutting themselves, why they would be doing these things in honor of their God or even their dead. 
Um, so when we see just this, this could be most likely interpreted that the Egyptians were doing this, and so you're set apart from the Egyptians. So we want you to look different. We want you to act different than the Egyptians because God has called you to be holy. And if God is holy, the Egyptians are not holy, so we want you to live like God would want you to live and be different. Exactly. So this is this is the cultural context is they God is giving them the law. They've he's called them out of Egypt, and he says, I'm gonna give you things that I want to separate you as my people, godly mm-hmm. people, and not like the rest of the nations. And he says that the rest of the nations will cut themselves in, in worshiping their God and cut themselves and and the way that they mourn for the dead and and tattoo themselves and put markings on their skin with the way that they treat the dead. And he says, I don't want you to do that. I want you to be different from those nations. Now somebody says, then takes that and then says, well, there you go. That's pretty plain and simple, right? But wait a second. Are we supposed to take, and here's an important question to ask whenever you're in anywhere in, 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 in the Bible. Is it being descriptive or prescriptive? Now, we also have to look at a couple of things when it has to do with dealing with the law. Because this is what he's been given here. This is the law. And we're going to get to the New Testament verse in just a little bit. But let's go to where we are in the New Testament. Um, I'm turning to Romans chapter 7 to look at how we view the law today. Uh Give me just a second. We're doing a little bit of Bible study here, folks. Doing a little bit of Bible study. Let's go. Yes, sir. Got some Bible study. Hi, man. Bible study. Yes, yes, it's Bible study. Um, I remember when we were in college working at the – did you ever work at the call center while you were out there? Uh, Which one? The Boost Mobile Call Center. No, I worked at the uh, accent – not accent, but the one that was – no, I, I worked at the one beside the old uh, education building with... Oh, the uh, one that the church tried to do. Yeah. Okay. The, shout out the to, insurance. Shout out to any champion alumni that work at the Boost Mobile Call Center. I was there. I feel you. Well, we would find times, sometimes we would bring a deck of cards and we would do different games. That's where I learned a couple of magic tricks and that kind of thing. And we play this game that we called BS. Oh, yeah. All right. And so it's basically you put the cards face down and you try to get rid of the cards as many. And sometimes you're trying to pull one over on the pro- their opponent and you say when you don't have it and they either call you out on it. And if if you were telling the truth, they take all the cards. If you if they call you out and caught you in your BS, then you take all the cards. And I remember doing that one time and some lady. That, John, you you learned that in college? I learned, I learned that in like, college, man. Like five years old, I learned that, son. Oh, all right, well, sorry. Anyways, we were sitting there doing that, and this lady who didn't even go to the church or the college, she saw us doing that, but she knew that we were champion students. And she said, I can't believe you you Bible college students are playing a game and continually saying BS. Do you even know what that stands for? Just just like that. And my buddy, uh, he just looked up, and without skipping a beat, he goes, Bible study! <laughs> 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 yes. And I died laughing. I was like, dude, you're killing me. So um, uh, Romans chapter 7, if you look in verse number 4, it says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ, so that you may belong to another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. For while we were living in the flesh, our sinful passions aroused by the law were our work in our members to bear fruit for death. 
the the thing is 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 and you can go through Galatians, you can go this, there is an understanding of the law. The law is not something that we say we're completely done with the law. No, the law is beneficial for us today. In fact, I think the guys at the Young Baptist podcast uh, dealt with this on a previous episode, and they, they talked a little bit about this, and I think Clay did a fantastic job of breaking down how the law is still relevant for the believers today. But we're not bound by that law. The law reveals to us where our sinfulness is because we cannot keep it in our own flesh. So how do we look at the law that's laid out for us in specifics in the Old Testament? And um, this is where, I know that there's some that disagree with this, but I think that the understanding of seeing this as the tri- uh, the triumvirate um, division of the Old Testament law is what has helped me. And uh, James, you, you read a little bit about that. I did, yeah. You're talking about the uh, threefold division of the law, John? Yeah. Yeah, we'll just use the uh, simple term there, the threefold division of the law. Uh, It's divided into three parts. You've got the moral law, you've got the civil law, and then you've got the ceremonial law. Uh, This argument usually goes along the lines of saying that Christ fulfilled the civil and the ceremonial aspect of the law, but the moral law still remains in effect uh, continually. Uh, So Christ has went away from the civil civil and ceremonial laws but we still have this moral aspect of the law that we have to uh, abide by, such as, you give a quick example, uh, the Ten Commandments. Okay, ceremonial, civic-wise, they're there, but we, we know morally uh, we shouldn't steal, we shouldn't kill, we shouldn't lie, we shouldn't bear false witness, we shouldn't covet our neighbor's wife. We know that those are moral laws that we could abide by, and they're going to help us guide our life morally the right way. Yeah, so the civil law was... Really, what what you know it, it actually says. This is civil law specific to the Jewish nation. Well, mm-hmm. such as eating specific foods or how they dealt with uh, outsiders coming in. Now we can gain wisdom yeah. from that and how we think we mm-hmm. should handle it. But it's really not something that you know. It's 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 national type laws. It's sort of like our nation has a constitution. The civil law was like their constitution. It was a Jewish law set up for their nation that God was establishing. So the ceremonial law is a little bit more difficult, and we can take some some uh, wisdom from some of those things. But still, Christ in Christ he he fulfilled the civil and ceremonial law. The moral law, I believe, is often repeated even in the New Testament. And so the moral law, I think, still holds standing for us today. But when you look at Leviticus 19, that's ceremonial. That's ceremonial law. That's talking about, hey, this is what I don't want you to do as you practice, because what did it have to do with? It had to do with their interactions with other nations. So I think the proper way to understand Leviticus 19.28 was it was descriptive of how they were supposed to handle themselves of that time and not prescriptive for us today. It's not what it's talking about, especially when we look at what tattoos are today. And um, and so to rip an application straight from that without understanding its context or anything like that is what we would classify as terrible exegesis and probably a little bit of eisegesis. But we may find a little bit of room for disagreement when we come to second or first Corinthians six nineteen and twenty, James, you have first Corinthians six nineteen twenty pull up. I do. All right, so he's going to read first uh, Corinthians six nineteen through twenty, and this is a verse often used for uh, uh, many things 
of saying that Christians should and should not do. And so uh, what about applying this to the area of tattoos? Why don't you read it, James? says, or do you not know that the body, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your own body. Okay, two major things from that verse that would be relevant to this topic. Major thing number one is that it says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. We understand that doctrinally, that whenever we are converted, we are saved, uh, we come to Christ, the Holy Spirit takes residence within the believer. And uh, the other thing is the admonition at the end of that uh, last verse that, therefore, glorify God in your body. What say you, James? Well, we're talking about tattoos, correct, John? Correct. Correct. All right. So my personal preference is, and this is personally preferences here, uh, is that you can, it is <clears throat> extremely hard in our day and age to have a tattoo and glorify God in that tattoo. I understand where um, John gave the illustration of his friend, Mr. Small, I believe his name was, um, where he's he's using that as an as an avenue to direct people towards Christ because people are going to come in, they're going to want that, they're going to ask that question. Uh, but typically in our day and age, and especially in our day and age right now, we are not asking people questions on the street. Because of COVID, because of things that are going on, people aren't talking to each other anymore. So when you see someone with a tattoo, typically in our culture, in our society, in my mind, someone with a tattoo is someone who... Um, wouldn't know Jesus because of the way I've been raised. Okay. This is my context of me. And so for me personally, I would never in my mind get a tattoo. Um, now am I saying that if you get a tattoo, you're going to hell and you're going to split hell wide open? I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that for me personally, I view glorifying God in my own body as not having that tattoo. Um, so that's sort of where I'm at. Me and John are going to talk back and forth with okay. this a little bit. So what James is so. basically saying is that in his conscience and based on what he receives from that that verse there, glorifying God in your body, his conscience is bound that he doesn't believe he should. Now, let me say this as a strictly Bible study interpretive idea from this verse. I, 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 I look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19, and 20, and it says, Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. I think that is a doctrinal statement letting us know that our bodies are temples of the Holy Ghost. We are housing places. That's where the Holy Ghost resides in us, and we look at that as a temple. And he says, glorify God in your body. This is a verse we've been working on with our three-year-old. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our lives are supposed to be lived sola dea gloria, to the glory of God alone. Everything we do, right? But I, I think that whenever we—one of the things the verse does not do is give us specificity of where that glorifying is. And let me explain. It does not tell us what is and is not glorifying to God in our body. It says, therefore, do it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, where James raised in his context— is just still bound by his conscience of saying, I just see that, like, when you put a tattoo on your body, you're not glorifying, that's not glorifying to God. 
Whereas somebody that may not have been raised in North Carolina in the Bible Belt and heard those things may come to Christ and say, you know what? I'm around people that have tattoos all the time. My family's big into it. I got family members that do this. I'm going to get a tattoo of a Bible or maybe a Bible verse or maybe a scripture reference. And then they'll come and they'll say, hey, what is that tattoo? What is that? What does that mean? And they can then begin to explain what that means and then say, lead into the gospel and share the gospel with them. And therefore, I believe that therefore they're glorifying God in their body to share the gospel. Now, Mm -hmm. let me say this. Can there be tattoos given or someone receive a tattoo putting print on their body uh, in a permanent nature that can be wildly inappropriate? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I think that is that is something. Sort of like a maybe like a sixteen eleven KJV <laughs> holy Bible. I'm just just messing. You said Bible and when you said Bible my mind thought of sixteen eleven. Could you imagine people walking around with just sixteen eleven on their wrist? Come on, what if somebody something? got a picture of Peter Rutman right there on their Ooh. on their forearm? Hey, I know some people that would probably do that. <laughs> so just to honor him. So <laughs> They were in Salisbury this last week. So, yeah, go ahead. What I'm saying is I think that if we take 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, and then we start saying, well, there you go. That settles it, too, because that teaches that you can't have tattoos because you can't glorify God. I think that uh, if we set that across the board for everybody, I think we're practicing eisegesis, meaning we're reading something into it that's not there. Uh, now, and, and I think it's a big thing, John. Is, is you, and you said it earlier. Look at the context and the culture that you're in. You've got to look at where you're at, who you're ministering to, and the people that you personally are going to reach. We're all going to reach different demographics of people based on where we're at and what we're doing and who we're talking to. For instance, this the man in your church, Mister Small. He's around people that are doing this on a daily basis. So for him, it's natural for him to to be around this and use that as an example and to influence the people he's around and who he's going to come in contact with. But you go into an Amish community where no one has a tattoo. They don't believe in tattoos, to my knowledge. Maybe I'm wrong on that. And you come in and you're all tatted up, they're automatically going to dis... Everything you say is discredited because of the people and the context that you're in. And so when we think of this, we have to understand the context that we're in and how we reach people and how we talk to them and how we perceive the gospel to them. Okay, well, I may not, I may not line up exactly with you the way that you said it, but I think I see your point, and I do line up with that. And that is, yeah. uh, I think there needs to be wisdom. And let me say this. Yeah. Me personally, James has already expressed to me off air that, you know, hey, I'm not getting a tattoo, probably never going to get a tattoo. My sort of personal thing is, um, don't have a problem with one, wouldn't have a problem getting one, but I'm not going to get one unless it's like the right thing. And I know, you know, that's exactly it. That's it. Um, so, and it may never happen. I'm just saying that, but I do think, and let me, let me, this is what I would say. I think we'll bring this to a conclusion. All right. So here's the conclusion. Biblically, I don't think that you can prove biblically that tattoos are wrong. Uh, I think that in your Christian liberty in your freedom for freedom, uh, mm, in your freedom, uh, yeah, you can you can feel, you know, if you're not bound by your conscience, then by all means get one. And so in that, I would say exercise wisdom. Exercise wisdom. Because 
as we do things, and this is across the board, not just with tattoos, we need to seek to glorify God in what we're doing. And so I think James would agree with that, that, you know, if you're going to do this, if this is something you want to do, you have zero problem with it in your context, do it with wisdom. Do it with say, you know what, I'm going to glorify God with this. I'm going to do something that glorifies God. I'm going to do something that's meaningful to me. And I'm not saying that, oh, are you saying that that uh, I should get, uh, it's okay for me to get a tattoo of something scriptural or, or biblical, but I can't get a tattoo of something about my family. I'm not saying that at all. I Listen, I'm trying to get us away from throwing these absolutes of this is and this is right, this is wrong. This, no, we have, that's not what God gave us. God said, glorify God in your body. He didn't say, glorify God in your body. And here's the list of 987 things that you are to glorify God in your body. And here's a list of 73 million things that do not glorify God in your body. He didn't do that. Because you have the Holy Spirit residing in you. Okay, so uh, James, you have any final comments to add on that? No, man, I think we've we've covered it pretty well, and uh, <clears throat> I think it's good for people to know that you can disagree and have a good, gracious community conversation, and it doesn't have to be this crazy. Uh, sometimes, even on uh, maybe not necessarily on the RFP fan page, but on some other pages that I'm on, people will bring up comments and bring up things, and they just they attack people with zero brotherly love. Yeah. Like, I, we can agree to disagree and walk away and say, hey, you're a brother in Christ, your sister in Christ. Uh, let's, we'll love each other and we'll just agree to disagree, and that's fine. Uh, that's I think that's more important than trying to be right or b- browbeating someone into only conforming to the way you think. We've got to get this mindset out of our mind that, and I struggle with this, that we're always right. Mm-hmm. You know, we... We've talked about that, and, and if I think it, I'm right. And if you think it, and it's not the way I think it, then you're wrong. We've got to get that out of our mind. We've got to get to the point where we can uh, have cordial conversations and edify one another. If we can't sit down and talk and edify one another, then what are we even doing with our conversation? So that's sort of what I wanted to add at the very end. I love it. I love it. I think that this is a huge thing because we're all coming from different, even theological perspectives. And so... You know, we can we can still love each other and and be there in the gospel, and then have disagreements on. Oh man, I, I tell people I, when it comes to theology, I'm one of the most narrow-minded people you can find. I mean, and let me say this: this is not the only area where a little bit of disagreement is with me and James. I mean, there's yeah. some other areas. Maybe we'll get into those. And I like this. I like to be able to sort of like it's not just. Me and you on the same page through. Maybe we can uh, we can we can dive into some things that we are on different sides of and, and deal with. But we have some. We shall do that. Yeah, we we have some interviews coming up. This was we wanted to get an episode out this week, and we got some interviews scheduled coming up. And then we are looking forward to our episode that we are going to be recording live in Bourbon, Missouri. Can't wait to see you guys in uh, the at the RFP meetup out there at the end of the month. But uh, James, any final thoughts comments? I think I'm good, man. I appreciate it. All right. It's been good talking with you. I know. Excited to be back, guys. And uh, we will have a fresh new episode next Thursday. And until then, to God, not the pastor, be the glory. Thanks for listening to the For Freedom Podcast. To find more content like this, please visit rfpnetwork.org. 
To find more podcasts like this one, resources, and meetups to encourage you on your journey.